the Spectator's prestigious Economic Innovator of the Year Award in partnership with Investec and now in their sixth year. Wherever you're based in the UK, we can't wait to hear about the success of your business and the impact you're making on the economy and society in 2023. Applications are now open and will close June 16th. To learn more and apply, please visit spectator.co.uk forward slash innovator. Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American power, politics and society. On each episode, I will talk to an American expert or an expert on America about something that's going on in America in 2023. In recent episodes of Americano, we've been covering quite a lot of American grand strategy, American foreign policy and so on. And so I thought today we would do something a bit different and that is talk about the TV show Succession, which is a very, very successful TV show, in case anyone hasn't heard of it, about an American media family. It has a very strong British influence. It was written by uh, an Englishman, Jesse Armstrong, and the patriarch of this media family is a Scotsman. But it has it is an American show, and it's really about the American rich. So I thought it would be very good to give you as Americano listeners my interview with Andrew Neal, who is the Spectator's chairman, something of a Murdoch expert and a huge fan of Succession. I thought I'd let you listen to my conversation with him, which was also broadcast as The View from 22 on Spectator TV, which is a show from Spectator TV that I highly recommend. I thought you should have a listen, so do have a listen. So, Andrew, succession is now over, which is a great sadness to a lot of viewers. Can I first of all start by asking you, what did you think of the ending? Was it satisfactory? Uh, And do you regard it, I know you're a fan, do, do you regard it as the greatest series that has been put on in recent years? I do regard it as, uh, in my view, one of the two greatest television series of modern times, uh, Succession and Breaking Bad. Uh, For me, they are the two best. Breaking Bad is almost Dickensian in the way it unfolds, indeed episodically, the way over 76 uh, parts, the way Dickens came out episodically as well in weekly parts too. And Succession is Shakespearean. You know, it is elements of King Lear about it. So I regard these two as the greatest. And the other thing they have in common is that they get what the Americans call the series finale. They get the series finale right. This is a huge test for these big budget, very upmarket, with huge production values, American series is the ending. Until now, until Succession, Breaking Bad had probably the most satisfactory ending of all. That was the way to do it. Game of Thrones was the way not to do it. Again, another massive budget, beautiful production values, great storytelling, but it really screwed up the end. Succession did not. Indeed, I think if anything, it exceeded expectations of just how good the ending would be. Uh, And as we know from Game of Thrones, if you get the ending wrong, People remember that and they forget all the other good stuff that came before. Succession did not do that. It ended on a high, a great high, I think a dramatic high. And it didn't um, tie up every loose end. But that's not the job of a program like that. There are too many loose ends. But it did answer some major questions of which the fundamental conclusion it came to is was that none of the three siblings in contention 
were up to doing the job. And so a media empire that Logan Roy had spent his life building ended up in the hands of a Swedish tech entrepreneur. <laughs> which leads me on to what I, I want to ask you about most of all, which is the similarity of uh, the story of the Roy family, this media empire family, and the Murdochs. And obviously, the Roys are based on the Murdochs. You know the Murdoch family. To what extent did they capture the Murdochs accurately? Well, I think they overlap with the Murdoch uh, dynasty, or as our American cousins would say, dynasty. The overlap with, with that was very clever because there was enough of an overlap to make it interesting and enough of an overlap to say, yeah, that's happened in real life. That's the kind of thing that goes on, but not enough to give the lawyers at HBO palpitations. <laughs> <laughs> not, not enough to wonder, worry that there would be massive lawsuits coming in. Uh, and the three siblings in succession, um, Mr. Murdoch's three uh, siblings of James, Lachlan and Elizabeth, again, two men, one woman. Uh, they had a few similarities, but frankly, none of them was like the character that they said. However, there were some fundamental things that were very similar to re real life. First of all, the way Logan Roy, by the way, the, the name Roy was chosen uh, as close to French roi for king. So the way Logan King ran his company was like a king. You know, he didn't run it like a CEO or a chairman or anything like that. He ran it like a king. And all the executives around him were courtiers. That's exactly how Rupert Murdoch has run his company. In my book, many years ago now, Full Disclosure, I had a chapter called The, Sun, the Court of the Sun King. Uh, because Murdoch behaved like the Sun King. It wasn't a hierarchical pyramid structure of the company. It was the king in the middle and the courtiers all the way round. So I think they got that right. They also got something else right too, in that just as in succession, in the end, the empire goes. The Logan Roy family doesn't get it. In a sense, a lot of that's already happened with the murder corporation. You know, I watched them, sometimes quite at close quarters, by the television stations in America, uh, by 20, 20th century Fox in America, build up a fourth US network, you know, make major blockbuster movies uh, out in Los Angeles and so on, while still having his newspapers, uh, both in Australia and Britain, and of course, in the United States uh, as well. But a huge chunk of that is now gone just as the whole of the Logan Roy empire went. You know, the 20th Century Fox has gone to Dis Disney. A lot of the television production has gone to Disney as well. And basically there is only a rump left in the Murdoch organization. Now, it's a pretty big rump by anybody else's standards, but by Mr. Murdoch's standards, it's not that big. It's the British papers, the Sun, the Times, the Sunday Times, other small TV, radio assets, they're really de minimis. It is the Wall Street Journal in America. Above all, it's Fox News. That is, is what Richard Nixon would call the big enchilada. Uh, that's the one that generates all the money. It's the one that I understand takes up most of his time now. But it's a shadow of what was there before. And just as you saw in succession, 
the empire basically disappearing with the demise of Logan Roy. Because I think he in his heart too knew. Remember that bit he says early on in series four, you are not serious people. For I love you, but you are not serious people. I think that spoke to everything about Logan Roy. They were only rich because he made them rich. They'd never earned a penny uh, in their lives on their own, under their own steam. He knew the empire was going to go. So I think in a way, when Rupert Murdoch goes to the great newsroom in the sky, what's left of the Murdoch empire is already gone. None of the siblings is interested in running British newspapers. They're not really interested in the Wall Street Journal either. James and Elizabeth are embarrassed by Fox News. They'll want rid of that as well. So I think you already begin to see the demise in the empire the way you did in succession. So that's where real life and uh, drama, fiction, I do think, come together. I was going to say, well, I was going to say that the You're Not Serious People reminds me of some conversations we've had in the Spectator boardroom entry, but uh, we went. We went, we went, we went, we went Very on well. That. Uh, but, uh, not comment but, on that. <laughs> but um, I know what I want to talk about is, is that point about empires in decline and a lot of great literature. You know, you think about Chekhov or in the 20th century, Evelyn War is about things as they're collapsing. So whether it's the aristocracy or whatever, that's what I, I think the appeal of succession is. It's almost a bit of nostalgia about something that still exists, but is in precipitous decline. And do you think that's what it is, that there's this sort of great attraction to what we want to be powerful in a way because we're used to it being powerful, and yet in yes, the new yes. digital world it isn't? It has been about the building up of an empire. And I think both in real life with the Murdoch Empire and with the Logan Roy Empire in succession, it's also about how you spend your whole life building up an empire like that. And when you've done it, it's actually past its sell-by date. That it's huge, it dominates, it's massive, but the world has moved on because we live in market economies, tech is a huge disruptor, and everything that seemed cutting edge, owning television stations, 24-hour news channels, owning movie stations, streaming takes them apart. You know, in Britain, multi-channel TV takes it apart. And that it's quite hard to stay ahead of that kind of technical change. Now, the, the thing that both, I think is in many ways to the credit of Rupert Murdoch and to Logan Roy, I'm treating them both now as real people, is that they both recognised that. They didn't try to hang on to their empires that had been their life's work and, and then pass them on to the kids who they didn't think were worth it. In the end, they basically broke up their empires. They realised life had changed. So Rupert Murdoch sends, sells a huge chunk of his empire to Disney because he doesn't think, big as he is, he has the size to compete with the streaming giants like Netflix and Amazon Prime and so on. And let's not forget in succession, it's not the kids that wanted to sell to a Swedish tech entrepreneur and an anarcho-capitalist. It was Logan Roy that did that. It was Logan Roy that started the sale to Madison uh, of Sweden. He too, like Rupert Murdoch, had recognised, actually, it's basically over now. I've been overtaken by events. So let's just get the money out and enjoy myself and maybe 
dabble in something else. And I think that's, you know, most empires end up crumbling and going wrong and have a messy ending because those who created them try to hold on to them. That is the history of empires throughout the world. Indeed, even only the British Empire doesn't actually fit too much into that. We did pretty much get rid of it. Unlike France, we didn't have an Algeria, we didn't have a Vietnam or anything like it. Uh, indeed, most of the violence started after we got out, as in India or parts of Africa. And I think it was interesting that they cranky, unpleasant, rude, and all the rest of it, uh, uh, authoritarian that they were, they recognized it was time to move on, that if you try to hold on to an empire whose sell-by date is over, it's messy, better to have a clean ending. Which again, I thought showed a depth of understanding in succession of what happened and is still happening in real life with the Murdoch operation. And how similar are the Murdoch children to the Roy children? I mean, obviously, the Logan and Rupert, Logan Roy, the patriarch, and Rupert Murdoch, there are similarities, but Rupert Murdoch's Australian and, and a bit different looking and a slightly different atmosphere about it. Well, they got something quite common with Rupert Murdoch. You know, don't forget, Rupert Murdoch's family hails That's from true. the east of Scotland, and Logan Roy hailed from the east of Scotland, a little bit further south. He hailed from Dundee. Rupert Murdoch's family came from Aberdeen. But Logan Roy was first generation, whereas Rupert Murdoch is third generation Australian and actually pretty close to Australian aristocracy, as you can get. Don't fall for the wild colonial boy uh, outsider nonsense. Uh, if you spoke to Rupert's mum, you would realise just how aristocratic that... In a country without aristocrats, the Murdoch operation was as close as you can get. His father had a knighthood as well and was a real part of the Australian establishment. He went to Geelong Grammar, which is where Prince Charles went, whereas Logan Roy in succession is the poor kid uh, entirely self-made, sent to America during the Second World War to escape uh, the bombing and the Nazis and all the rest of it. So the, there were the similarities, but also differences. As for the children, individually, if you take... Uh, Siobhan to be Elizabeth, James, I think, to be... Well, I'm not quite sure. James to be Roman. No, James to be Kendall, maybe, Kendall, because yeah. he's a bit more liberal. And Lachlan to be uh, Kendall. Uh, there aren't really that many, many similarities uh, be, between them. They're, they're very different. And, and whereas Siobhan in the series has really no senior management experience. Elizabeth Murdoch went her own way and created a pretty successful television production company. So she kind of did her own thing because it always helps to have your father in the background and so on. But even so, you know, no one jokes like Roman or as a term of phrase, they're quite, both James and um, Lachlan are quite taciturn. I would say that they do have one thing in common in that is that just as in succession, so in real life, none of them has or had the ability to run the Murdoch organization when it was in full flourish. They just weren't up to it as they weren't in the TV series either. And is there another similarity in that uh, for their whole lives, this is what Logan Roy does with the Roy children, the prospect of being the big boss is, is dangled in front of them as a carrot. Yes, I saw it firsthand when James uh, and Lachlan were basically in their mid-teens, how he 
He did dangle this in front of him. Indeed, I remember having dinner in London one Saturday night after I put the Sunday Times to bed and they both turned up. And he did kind of dangle, you know, one day you will run this and I want to make sure you can do that and you'll have to do this, you'll have to learn this and all the rest of it. So yes, he did do that. And he kind of set them against each other as well. And for a long while, Elizabeth, because she was a female, was never included in that. I mean, he didn't really think women could do that sort of thing. I think over time he may have changed his mind. Of course, Siobhan or Shiv has that wonderful phrase, he couldn't get a whole woman in his head uh, in the final episode, or in the second, in the penultimate episode, at the funeral uh, oration. And I think for a long while that was true of uh, Rupert Murdoch too. I think he may have changed that. But yes, he set them against each other. He always, I mean, I used to tease him. I used to say, you don't like the royal family, do you? No, not really. Um, you don't like it because it's hereditary. Yep, that's exactly right. What's the difference between that and a Murdoch dynasty? Wouldn't that be hereditary as well? And he said, oh, shut up. You know what I mean, shut up. We move on to something else uh, there. So that was always something a little bit different. He always had, and he tried out various people. You know, at one stage, James was um, the front runner. Now Lachlan is the front runner for what's left. Though he's based in Sydney these days. I don't know how you run America from the other side of the Pacific. It was kind of suggested that Liz might like to throw her, you know, her luck in to see if she could get it. But I don't think that really attracted her very, very much. So to that extent, yes, what I would say, however, one thing the succession did not get and was deeply missing was that in succession, the kid's mother, the slightly aristocratic English woman, is wholly useless and a bad mother and wholly useless as an individual, I think, as well. That is not true of the real-life mother. When Rupert was conquering the world, these three kids, as they were at the time, were very lucky to have Anna Murdoch as a mother for 30 years married to Rupert, and she did a really good job. The kids were always, no matter how rich they were or even how entitled they felt, in my dealings with them, they were unfailingly polite and not at all obnoxious the way I have seen rich kids can be. The mother did a great job on that. Well, it's interesting you touched on the children's politics there in in the series. And obviously there's been a lot of writing talk about the similarity between ATN and Fox News. And for me, I felt that was where, and we've had a couple of pieces have said similar things on, on the Spectator's website. That's where it started, the series started creeping towards political lecturing about the, there was the election episode in the final series where you got the real sense of the political views of the writers. And what was great about it most of the time was everything was ambiguous and it, it was you, the viewer, were allowed to think. Did you feel that it got a little bit too political at times? I was worried that it was going to, particularly, uh, I think, what was a decision night or whatever the name of the episode was, which was... The overnight, the result, you know, having done the BBC's live election coverage, <laughs> I loved that because it was just, it really got things pretty right uh, in terms of the excitement of all the results coming in and so on. And I think there was a danger. I mean, you, you can be pretty sure that everybody behind the scenes involved in this programme is on the left. Don't think there's any doubt about that. And the, the ATN they created, they saw as Fox News, which naturally they would hate. And I thought there was a danger at one stage 
that they were going to go down the road in which here you had this huge media mogul whose television station alone was going to determine the outcome of the result. And, of course, that didn't happen in real life. And it, uh, in the end, I think, Freddie, they pulled back just in time. Because, of course, in reality, far from Fox News on the night in 2020 calling it for Donald Trump, they called Arizona for Joe Biden. Yeah. They did the exact opposite yes. of what happened in the succession show where they called Wisconsin for the hard right character, even though a lot of the ballots had been burnt and so on. So I think I think they may have gone down. I mean, Jesse Armstrong, who I don't know, but I'm told is very savvy. He's the British showrunner, the British main screenwriter of the whole thing. I think he must have realised, hold on, we're in danger of... The one thing we've not done is lecture people or give woke sentiments. We've let people make up their minds. So let's maybe just pull back a little bit from this so we don't go down that road. It was on the brink, but I think it pulled back in time. And also Mencken, the the right-wing populist man on the verge of being elected president as the series ends, is not actually that similar to Donald Trump. He's much cannier... And yes. and more sly, I'd say. Much more civilized. Yeah, much more civilized. <laughs> <laughs> and the way he watches as the as all the not just the Logan Roy's siblings and those associated with them, but other people come up to him. And the way even Madison, the Swedish entrepreneur, comes up and he's very controlled and very uh, that wonderful uh, line. I've not got the quote exactly right, but he says to Kendall. Oh, I thought you were just a sound system, but now you want to choose the playlist. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I mean, that was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that's a brilliant quote. Yes. That is a Shakespearean use of the language. It's just wonderful. And I don't actually see why they... I thought it was a little bit stupid that they made him out to be more right-wing than he needed to be for the character to work. Because at one stage, they're kind of almost implying he's just one step away from Hitler. Mm. You don't have to go anywhere that far. You just have to be kind of Trumpian uh, to be able to get the point across. So I think when they dabbled in politics, sometimes that was the show looked in danger of taking a wrong turn. But it looks to me like they weren't disciplined enough to avoid that. And it was I thought it was interesting, Freddie, the way they portrayed the right-wing candidate. Because as you say, they didn't portray him as a complete nutter, an ideologue. And they, they portrayed him as actually a rather serious, calculating politician. And finally, Andrew, this is the vital question. I know that you have succession as your ringtone because I've heard it. I want to ask, now that the series is over, how long will it continue to be your telephone ringtone? Well, on my French mobile, I've got House of Cards, the American version, theme tune. And that uh, finished a long time ago and, and hasn't come back. So I think you can take it that succession will remain my ringtone for a long, long while, perhaps for the foreseeable future, on uh, my British mobile, because so it, won't, uh, it won't move it on to be your... such happy memories. It won't move on to the to be the French ringtone. Uh, no, I use my British one more, okay. so I get to hear that more. And people like you call me on my British one as well, so I get to hear it more, and I love that. And it will bring back nothing but happy memories of a great television series in which the British talent played a huge part both in front of the camera and behind the camera. But when you see something like Succession or Breaking Bad before, please don't tell me anymore that British TV 
is the best in the world. It's not. American TV using British talent where it needs it is the best in the world. On that note, we'll end with a dramatic piano succession finale. Uh, Get the copyright. Get the copyright. (laughs) Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you very much for listening to the Americano podcast. I would like to thank my brilliant producer, Natasha Faroze, and the rest of the Spectators broadcast team. If you like the podcast, please leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on. Thank you very much. God bless America.